0: if you will, open up your Bibles to 1 Peter. Um, When I first got saved, a lot of the people that got saved around the time of me just seemed to stumble. And um, sometimes, you know, when you stumble, you don't know why or you don't know why people stumble and you think, well, maybe I'll stumble like that. I don't understand. You know, I used to think this. Um, that kids just turned out the way they turned out by accident I thought they were like seeds you know and you put them in the ground and you just water them and they just turn into whatever serious so much so that when I was little I was pretty rotten and I remember one time my mom was just done you know what I mean like taping me to the wall or taping my mouth, and I mean, it wouldn't help, and I had a tender place about God, believe it or not, so don't judge every kid or person by their cover, and uh, she just said, I'm going to pray you have a kid just like you, (laughs) serious, that may not have meant much, but inside my will turned, and I determined I'll never have a kid. I'm serious. I was like, I'll never have a kid. I thought God was just going to answer that, and just that's how the kid was going to turn out. And I remember after I got saved, a friend of mine, he and his wife had a, a little boy, and he started growing, and so I'd hang out with them, and I was like, wow, kids actually can turn out good, and you can actually, like, train them. But I had a wrong idea. I just thought, if you got it, you get a good one, you get a good one. If you don't, you get one like me. And now my mom has cursed me forever by praying that I'm just gonna get a kid like me, and this is not gonna be good. So I'm just by my will will not have a kid. And uh, I started changing on. Wait a minute, there's actually a part a parent has to play in helping their kid to grow right. Now a lot of times we don't know that as parents, and then. Sometimes later on, we we apologize to our kids. Sorry, you know, I didn't know. But we can know, and we can help our kids. And the same thing is true with this. I didn't understand why some people, we'd start off as a group like a ball of fire, and then this one went by the side, and this one went by the side, and they didn't continue on in their Christian walk, or they just really struggled. And, you know, I was kind of like, Not knowing, but I'm thinking, okay, I'm just going to keep going. You know what I mean? Like with the kid, I just thought it turned out this certain way. And so what I want to do today is talk about instructions in this new life, how to do it. In other words, to guarantee that in a year from now, in five years, 10 years, till you go to be with the Lord or the Lord comes back, you'll be doing it, living for him. And this became a reality to me. And I thought, wow, this is simple in the Bible. Simple instruction. And this is good for any age in the Lord because it'll keep you on track or it'll even help you on your track with the Lord. So 1 Peter, the second chapter, and we're going to read the first two verses of 1 Peter. And uh, in the context, he's talking about people who have received new life, who have called upon the name of the Lord and have been saved. 1 Peter 2, 1 and 2. It says, therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word of God, that they may grow thereby. There's a lot that is said right there. And he said this, therefore, and in the last chapter, he talked about people who have received new life, who have called upon the name of the Lord, have been born again, you know, become new in Christ. And the first thing he said there was, lay aside all malice. Somebody said, what is malice? Well, if you're a basketball fan and you've paid attention to the NBA, there was a time where there was this big fight, I think it was in Detroit, and they called it the Palace at Auburn Hills, and uh, basketball players ran up into the crowd, and they called it Malice in the Palace (laughs) because they were just fighting and getting after it. So he said, listen, get rid of all malice. Not most of it, let's work on getting rid of all malice. And then he said, all deceitful, you know, because you know, sometimes people are deceitful. Does anybody know what that is, deceitful? You know, like, well, I'm selling this car, but I got three offers on the line, and you don't have any, so if you want to buy it, you better come now. That's deceitful. You're trying to manipulate people. He said, get rid of that. Wouldn't that be nice if that was gone from the world? But it's not. But it should be being removed personally. In other words, if I see deceit in you, I'm not to go to you and go, hey, you need to remove that deceit. No, I'm to remove it from myself. And then he said, hypocrisy. Most of us know what a hypocrite is, right? Uh this is going over well. Anyway, envy. What is envy? It's liking something you shouldn't like. It's wanting something, you know, that I need that, you know. And what's interesting, the Bible said where envy is and strife, there's confusion in every evil work. Therefore, we could get rid of confusion just by getting an evil works in our life, by getting rid of some of these things. And then he said, and evil speaking. That could cover a myriad of things. And then he said this. This is where I wanted to get to. Those are important. You can't just do this last part. Why would he say get rid of those is really a good question. Is he trying to be legalistic? Is he trying to tell you, listen here, I got these five things that you need to do. These are the rules for being a Christian. Is that what he's trying to do? Because we could make this into rules, and then I could say, if you're brand new and you don't know the Lord, do these five things and you're in business. That's not what he's doing. Actually, it says, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word of God that they would grow thereby what it is is these are the ways of the old life when somebody's made new in Christ they have a new appetite these things up above truly will begin to bother you once you give your life to the Lord you with me you'll just think that's not appropriate that's not right Notice what he said, as newborn babes desire. How many people know a new baby now or have known one in the past? Have you ever noticed what they want? They want an iPad for Christmas, right? They they need a new tricycle. And no, they don't. What do they want? Period. I mean, the greatest thing they want is when they got born they got a desire. And it wasn't for all kinds of things. It was to grow, and that promoted a hunger. They were life. They are a new life. You even talk about a precious life of a child. And so right off, they've got a hunger. And if they're not eating, we know something's not right? Right? We would ask ourselves, is something wrong here that they're not hungry? The first thing that every believer should notice is a hunger. And a desire, a craving, an appetite. And here's the thing, he said in this context, you need to feed that appetite. And you need to feed it the right thing. And you need to get rid of these other things. Why? Because they're not part of who you are. How many babies do we look at and go, so deceitful? (laughs) If anybody is a hypocrite, it's this baby. Right? That's the first thing you say when you hold somebody's baby. You're like, wow, listen to all this evil speaking. No, they're new. That's not part of them. And because we're new... This was part of our old lifestyle. It's not even who you're created to be. It's so against who you are inwardly. You may have thoughts because we live in a world that will feed you stuff a different way. But that's not part of your appetite to want to do this. Actually, every person who's given their life to the Lord has an appetite for the things of God. But it's not up in your head, it's way down inside of you. And that's why we have to pay attention, recognize this, and begin to feed those things. Because if I feed the appetite, the spiritual appetite, it says that I would grow by feeding that appetite. And what is it I'm supposed to feed that appetite? The Word of God. That's one of the first things I knew after I gave my life to the Lord. I have to be a person who reads the Bible myself. Nobody told me that. I hadn't even read this verse yet, I hadn't read other verses. I was like, I've got to have a relationship with God through His Word, I've got to know God through His Word. I didn't know that the Bible said the word is like bread, the word is like milk, the word is like meat, it's like water. I didn't realize it was something spiritual and even Jesus said, man will not live by bread alone, but will live from words that we get from God. Where do we get words from God? Through his word, through this written word. And so these are the things that will start us growing. Now remember when I said instructions in this new life, one of the things I notice for people who, you know, get stronger is they feed the appetite. They feed themselves on the word. They get to church. They don't allow things to become a distraction to them. If you don't get to the refrigerator and you allow distractions, you're going to get weak. Isn't that the truth? Some of you are acting totally innocent, and I guarantee you none of us probably in here miss the refrigerator much over the holidays. (laughs) You with me? And so we need to recognize one of the first things we need to do is purpose to get rid of the old stuff, because it's not us, and then start feeding feeding on the Word of God. Now turn with me to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. This setting that we're about to read, we're going to look at an example that I think fits many people who struggle in their walk with God or they start out on fire. Do you know what I mean by that? And then all of a sudden, they lose their fire. I remember this one girl, she was a gang member uh, in California when I lived there, and she was mean. She was probably a girl you didn't want to mess with no matter who you were. Guy, girl, guys and girls, nobody. And she was hard looking. And I remember I had given my life to the Lord, hadn't seen her in a few years And I saw her in a parking lot where my bank was. And she just came marching through the parking lot, going into the bank. And I looked at her and I was like, that girl's different. And I said, hey, how are you doing? She said, I'm great. I know Jesus now. And she just went off. And she looked different. And she was ready to share, witness. I'm like, I've already given my life to the Lord. She's like, praise the Lord, you know, right in the parking lot. She didn't care about anybody. She was just as bold the other way as she was that way. I mean, this new life, maybe more so. And I saw her and thought, how awesome is that? I hadn't seen her probably in a year or two. Saw her again, and I went, oh, no. She does not. She looked like yesterday's bird nest. Unraveled and kicked out of the tree. I mean, she looked rough. And I just thought, oh, no. She left. And she's the one who's now miserable where she was such a blessing. I mean, that was encouraging to me, just seeing her. And right here is a picture of really... uh, People getting saved, people getting baptized, and starting their walk with God. Notice this 1 Corinthians 10.1. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware or literally ignorant that all our fathers were under the cloud. Now when it talks about this cloud, it's this cloud of God's glory and power that was traveling over the children of Israel Uh, as they got delivered out of Egypt, which is a picture of sin. And he said, I don't want you to be unaware of our fathers who were under the cloud. And all passed through the sea when the sea parted, and they went through on dry ground. And he said, all of them. And he said, and we're all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. In other words, it was a picture of baptism and being led by God and entering into this new life. And he's using this as an example for us. Just like God brought them out and they went through the sea. And just like God brought you out and you've been baptized and now you're on your journey with God. He said, they all ate the same spiritual food and all drank from the same spiritual drink. For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. In other words, as newborn Christians, we get saved, we give our lives to the Lord, we start eating of that same drink, the Word of God. They drank of a natural water, but it was a picture of partaking of the life of Christ, and we're partaking of the life of Christ. And so he's using this as an illustration for us about entering into this new life, And what's interesting, he's about to tell us how to last in this new life. And he's going to tell us what would mess us up in this new life. And he said, uh, verse 5, But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. God was not pleased with the fact that they fell. He didn't want that for them. He didn't desire that for them. He wanted it to be different. He wanted to deliver them out and help them go into the promised land and live the best. It was not pleasing to God that they were falling by the wayside. But notice what he said here. He said, now, these things in verse 6... Became our examples. So, what is this example? He's talking about an example of living this new life, people coming out of sin, starting to serve the Lord themselves, having a personal relationship. Here we go. And he says, look, these people fell by the wayside. And he said, these things were our examples. And now we're starting off and let me show you where they messed up so you don't have to mess up there and you can just keep marching. So where God wasn't, God's not pleased with anybody who falls by the wayside. That's not pleasing to him. He's not like, yay, that's what I did this for. No, he's pleased when you get to make it. And you don't get beat up in life and get overcome in life. So no wonder he puts these instructions here. Because he wants you to make it. He doesn't want you to not make it. But I found out it's up to me whether I make it or not. Now I'm working with God and working with his grace. But I have to cooperate. You with me? And so now he's going to give us some illustrations. Now these things became, verse 6, our examples to the intent. Or this was the intention that God gave these as examples. Why? That we should not lust or desire after evil things as they also lusted or desired after evil things. Isn't it interesting? They They got new life, you know, a picture of new life. You know, Moses brought them out. They get baptized in the sea. They start off on a journey with God. And he said, this is where a danger lies. You've got to be careful when you come out, you don't start desiring things that you used to be in. Some of you are looking super innocent. I don't even know what you're talking about. We all will get faced with temptation to go backwards. But that doesn't have to be it. And here he said... They desired after these things, and he wrote these for our example, not just to fill the pages. It didn't say these things were written to fill the pages. It was written for an example. These things were our examples for the intent that we shouldn't do what they did. And if we don't do what they did, we won't get what they got. Where God's not pleased. Pleased. And you might think, well, he's not pleased with me. No, no, no. He's not pleased that you didn't make it. He wants you to make it. It's not like he's sitting there going, I'm so disgusted with them. I'm sure he's more disappointed than you are. Or others. But notice this, it says, verse 7. And do not become idolaters... As were some of them, they allowed things to get in their life that were big. In other words, the first of the Ten Commandments is, you know, have no other gods before me. The first thing they did, they start having idols. They allowed things to get bigger in their life than God. And they were the ones who were to control that in their life. How many times has sports become a bigger God to people than God? And God is still God, but he just doesn't have the highest place. And there's so many things like that. Our world invites us to make God second and everything else first. It does. It promotes that. Why? Because this world is not of God. Now God made the earth, but there's an enemy here who wants to bring disorder. God wants to restore order. God wants you fulfilled. God wants to be pleased by going, man, they made it. Well done. Good and faithful servant. And so he wrote this here so to be careful of idols. Things are okay to have But many times people allow them to be had by the thing. In other words, they start a hobby and the hobby becomes their life. They start doing this thing and pretty soon they're not in church anymore. And this thing is is an idol to them. It's, It's bigger than God. And we should recognize that there are things that will come. And we have to know No matter what this is, if it takes or gets the wrong place in my life, it gets demoted or removed. Why? Because that's what he said. This will protect you. And he said, and do not, verse 7, become uh, idolaters as some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and to drink, but then they rose up to play. In other words, they were following God. And then in a short time, they're back to following their own ways because really they got separated for a short time with their roots of deliverance. Say, what do you mean? Turn with me to Exodus, the 32nd chapter back in the Old Testament. We'll read this story. It's six verses, but it's an interesting uh, story because it's written for our example. It was put there so we could make it. Exodus 32, 1 through 6. Now Moses is their leader. He's the one who brought them out. We all need to be connected in a church. We all need to be connected in a body. But here it says, Now when the people saw that Moses delayed his coming, he had gone up on this mountain. And he was having an encounter with God. But they were left to themselves. Be careful how much you disconnect yourself from spiritual things, from attending church, from reading the Bible. I mean, anybody who's worked out over a period of time or made it a life habit knows if you disconnect from that, you'll get flabby. Weak. Okay, we don't want to use the word, F word here. Flabby. We'll just we'll use the word weak. Err. My pastor is throwing out the F word. Flabby, no weak. Does that feel more comfortable now? Weak. You get you get weaker, and when you get weak, you can't do always the same things you did. The battles become harder. You with me? And so here, they're separated from their leader. Uh, And it said, he delayed his coming down from the mountain. And the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this Moses, this man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Liars, you know right where he's at. They could see up on this mountain this, the cloud of glory and lightning and stuff, and they knew he was up there. They knew God was talking to them. They knew stuff was going down, but they got off by themselves. Be careful who you talk to and what they're talking about. We should go over here and build a, do this. And a group got there, and what's so sad is one of them is a leader. And Aaron in verse 2, who is one of these leaders, said to them, well, here's what we're going to do then. He knew where he was. He was with these people. He should have spoke up and said, this is wrong. And I'll tell you what, we have Monday through Saturday to live alone, you know, so to speak, and we're around people. Be careful what they're feeding you. Be careful what you're allowing to be fed. And Aaron said to them, well, break off some some of that gold on your earrings there, which are in your ears of your wives. Right? It is right. That's what it says. Didn't it say anybody reading the same Bible I am? I don't know what version she's reading. Anyway, he said, your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears See, God had given them this prosperity. Remember, they were slaves where they came from. And on the way out, God said, you go gather all that stuff that's been held back from you. And they started prospering in this new journey. And now they're going to take this prosperity and spend it on this thing we're about to read about. So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears, and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand, and he fashioned it and engraved it with an engraving tool, and made it into a molten calf. He made a big old gold cow. (coughs) Then they said, then he said, this is your God. In other words, Forget about Moses, forget about God who brought us, here's what we're going to worship now. Uh, Now, some of us would say, well, I would never worship a golden cow. Never, I've never worshipped one. It's not the idea of a cow, some golden cow, this was an object from the land they came out of. There is something to be said when you come out of your past life into the new life that you need to be careful you don't reestablish things that were there before and invest in them. Think of it. The prosperity God gave them, they started investing back in something that was in that former land. A golden calf. That golden calf didn't bring them out. He couldn't even go moo. And notice this. It said in verse four, and he received the gold from their hand and he fashioned it and he engraved with an engraving tool and made it uh, and molded a calf. Then they said, this is our God, O Israel, that brought us out of the land of Egypt. Are you serious? Seriously, this gold cow that you just made and built... Is what got you through the Red Sea. He's the one who created all the plagues and all this stuff. He was the one who sent the death angel and killed the firstborn to ultimately get them released. And he's the one who created this cloud of glory to go over them and opened up the sea and killed all the enemy armies. And now this is what you're serving. Man, I've seen people get hobbies that were good hobbies that just filled their life and they just stopped going to church, stopped serving God. And now they're not worshiping a golden calf, they're worshiping a bowling ball. They're worshiping, you know, I mean, you know, whatever the sport is, a baseball bat. And they just, well, I got this tournament and, and I, I, you know, it's just, and What? Sorry. Verse 5, so when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. Now he's all on board. And said, tomorrow it is a feast to the Lord. Say, what are we doing here? These people, are. their lives are so mixed up. They've got God brought them out and they're mixed up in these other idols and they're fooling around with things they shouldn't. And he said, then they rose up early on the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings and the people sat down to eat and drink and then they rose up to play. Man, when Moses comes down off the mountain, God said, you get down there, those people are going off. And when he goes down there at Aaron's Hall, we threw the gold in and it popped out a cow. (laughs) Serious. I don't know what in the world just happened. Serious. he told him that. Yeah, it just, it popped out. I mean, it's like, whoa. Wasn't me. And God's up there telling him. Why was this written? I don't know, but it's sure a good story. It was written for an example to us. People were never created to worship other things than God. Man was created to have God first. Man will always be disappointed until the Lord is really got the first place. And you can say or sing any song you want, Lord, you have it all. But if He doesn't have your time and your heart and your energy, Something else does. And it will rob you. And God wrote these things so we would not be robbed. And he doesn't want us worshiping false gods. The Bible said the Lord is a jealous God. Here's what I have found happens to people. You can turn here to James, the first chapter. They start off in this new life and uh, their mind gets corrupted. You with me? Their mind gets corrupted by different hobbies and habits and things that they think are important and after a while they're miserable. And it doesn't have to happen to anybody. And God is pleased when it happens to nobody. If you have ever been serving God and then been out of church and then and just not really serving him and then you got back, you'll notice I allowed things into my life that that robbed me. They, They flat robbed me. God didn't rob me. God wasn't against me. And God didn't want that. And so notice this. This to me is a huge, huge thing that's connected to all the things we just said about drinking spiritual drink and keeping certain things out. This is a way that you can do it and I can do it. James 1.24. Now remember, newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that they grow thereby. I have seen people come to church and just get so fired up, and they're just like, that was awesome. You'll be seeing me next week. Maybe I wasn't at the store you were at. You know what I mean? Because they didn't show up. And then you don't see them anymore. And God's not pleased with that because it's destructive to the person. It's not what anybody was created for. The sooner we realize what we were created for to first be in relationship with God, the better off we'll be. Then the excuses of being too busy go out the window. Because we realize, how can you be too busy for the reason you were created for? Not one person in the world that was not created to know God, to walk with God, to have intimate relationship and be fruitful in life. Somebody said, well, I have to be fruitful in life, therefore I can't know God. No, when you know God, you'll become truly fruitful. And notice this in James. He gives us the answer. And really, this is where the people messed up. They started thinking backwards. They didn't look forward and look to the right thing. James 1.24 is talking about looking at God's word. For he who observes himself... Well, let me back up. Verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving or literally self-deluding yourself. So how many of you don't want to be self-deluded? Three people. Oh, now the hands. Okay. We don't want to be self-deluded, do we? He's about to tell you how not to be self-deluded, and it covers the other things that we've been talking about. He said, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving or self-deluding yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word of God and not a doer, notice this, he is like a man observing himself or his natural face in a mirror. Now let's just stop. Notice this. For if anyone is a hearer of the word of God. You know what we're doing right now? We're hearing. And not a doer. So this is what we do after we leave. He's like this. This is what a person who hears and does not do is like. He's like someone who observes his natural self in a mirror. He observes himself. In other words, when you look at a mirror, and most of us did this morning, I think. And we look and we go, whoa, we pat our hair or whatever. And go, whoa, we're ready to roll. Right? We observe ourselves in a mirror. He said, somebody who hears the word is like looking at a mirror. You see something. You see something about yourself. You see what you look like. You see what you truly look like. You ever done that? Oh my, I need to lose a couple pounds. Why didn't somebody tell me I have a piece of food on my face? It tells you the truth about you. And he said, when somebody hears the word of God but doesn't do it, they're like a person who looks in a mirror and they look... They observe himself, but he goes away immediately and forgets what kind of man he was. A person who does not practice the word of God does not do something with their mind. What is it they don't do with their mind? Well... They've heard the same thing you heard. They drink the same spiritual drink you drink. They all walked the walk we walked. They all got the same thing we got. But the one who does it and doesn't do it, this is what they do. They, one, thinks about it later and ponders and sees themselves a certain way. And the one who doesn't continue to ponder and think they're the way God says they are they won't do it they won't practice it because they'll go well it's okay for me to do that but when you go wait a minute that's not me that's not me then you'll be a doer of the word You'll go, wait a minute, I'm not going to do that. That, That's not me. Notice this. But, verse 25, he now tells you the opposite side, the side I just said. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, or into the word of God, and continues in it, how does he continue in it? Do you have to drive around with this in front of your face? Why'd you get in an accident? Were you texting? No, I was reading my Bible. Oh, well, that's okay. It's just not good if you're texting and driving. No. What does he mean by this? He said, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty or into the word of God and continues in it, he tells you how, is not a forgetful hearer. That's how they begin to think about themselves. I'm new. I'm different. Why did God want them to not do certain things when they came out of Egypt? Because one, they weren't Egyptians. Those were not their gods. They were not slaves, but they counted themselves as slaves. He was trying to get them to totally change the way they thought because they were not who they were and they were under somebody else's rule now. They weren't under that false god lying thing in Egypt. And for us, we're not under the past. We're under a new life. So when he said, put these things away, why does he want you to put those things away? Ephesians 2.10 tells us, he said, you and I are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. You were created for something different than that stuff. That's why it doesn't work. We hear stuff like this. And I hear stories, you know, about people eating too much sugar and they're like, well, I was all shaky and everything like that because they eat junk. Because you can have things in moderation, but you can't have a Twinkies, M&M, Butterfingers, so on diet. Some of you are acting like you don't even know what I'm talking about. You're like, oh, I've been doing it for about a week now. That's why you're shaking. no you need certain things because you were created to eat certain things. You can have other things in moderation, but just like you were physically created, you're spiritually created. And what happens is you were created for something new. You need to not be a forgetful hear of that. When you leave, you need to think, I am different because I gave my life to the Lord. Inwardly, I am created unto good works. And if I want to be a doer of the word, I'm going to have to keep my mind on who I really am. The reason the children of Israel did not make it was they started thinking back to Egypt. You can tell if you read the story further, they're like, let's go back to where we came from. They were slaves. They were in bondage. All they had was a meal ticket. I mean, you know, talk about something bad. Those people worked and worked and worked and gave it all to the Egyptians. Boy, it almost sounds like today. Get the people who work to give. Okay, that's, sorry, be careful. Let's go back to Egypt. Socialism. Praise the Lord. We'll tell you where to work and where to work how to work, what to do. But you think about it, no, now they're going to leave and they're going to get to eat the fruit of their own doing. And then they're thinking back to this old way. No, if you want to go forward, think forward. Think who you are now that you... And if you don't know, you need to go look at the mirror. And if you forget... And the world will push different things. You need to go back and look. And then when you're done reading, think about it. I'm new. I'm created to good things. He said if you will do that, you will practice and be a doer of the word. The reason why people don't do the word is they start entertaining other things. It's the truth. Any area you struggle with and you struggle to move toward, you're entertaining. And if you want to move toward God more and more, entertain that.